Some people claim that the atrocities we commit in our fiction are those inner desires which we cannot commit in our controlled civilization. So they are expressed instead through our art. I don't agree. I believe heaven and hell are one and the same. The soul belongs to heaven and the body to hell. Welcome back to the Blasphemous Cinema Podcast. I am your host, Jake, and with me today is, of course, my trustworthy co-host, Addison. How are you doing today, Addison? I'm good. How about yourself? Doing pretty good. Um, You know, slept two hours past my alarm, so now here we are. Nice. Um, <laughs> what can you do? Um, so <laughs> today we are talking about um, Gaspar Noe's infamous Irreversible where it's kind of known for pretty much like one big thing and easily one of the most um, unsettling and hard to watch rape scenes in cinema history. Yeah. Um, It stars Vincent Castle and Monica Bellucci basically detailing the details of one night. Um, And I didn't know this going in, um, but everything is in reverse order chronologically um so the ending obviously takes place at the beginning of the film and then works back um Mm -hmm. yeah so i knew this was going to be a very interesting conversation because as soon despite how hard that scene was i felt like this was a pretty good and brilliant movie for different reasons and i know you addison are just not a fan no this movie sucks (laughs) um before we get into like really big discussions um when did you see it for the first time oh probably 2018 Uh um does what are your big um detractors for the film that doesn't really sit well with you um there's quite a few it's just one of those movies that i think gets praised even though it doesn't really do anything all that special like i don't really i'm not really a fan of people that are into shock value or Mm -hmm. i guess directors that are into shock value trying to do stuff that's edgy because Originally, when stuff like that was done, it's like uh, it was going against the Hayes Code and everything. It was originally supposed to be like new Hollywood versus old Hollywood. But yeah, now with our generation and everything, it just seems very edge lordish, and it just seems like a way to be controversial just for the sake of it. Because mm. the entire movie is essentially just a revenge movie. And, yeah, I mean, when you break it down, that's all it is. And the characters don't even see the act happen they don't know that it happened until they see after the nightclub and everything yeah and they don't even get the right person and so at the end of the day it's one of those things where it's like okay the character is basically just this analogy and metaphor for everything of how taking revenge it's you know just making a bigger mess and violence brings more violence and everything so it's like one of those things where it's like, why do we need to see this literally minutes long assault sequence mm-hmm. in a tunnel with the characters don't even see it. There's literally nothing 
that gives to the story that you know what happens other than the fact that you see the guy who does it, which is leads to the end or the beginning of the movie, but chronologically yeah. the end of the movie where it's like he gets away, but it's like, you don't need to see all the, all that sexual assault stuff. I don't know why anyone would want to see that for minutes long and then her getting beaten and everything. It's just what I just don't like movies that do that very edgy stuff just for the sake of doing it. And I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it adds anything to the movie because when you take out the, big controversial section of the film all you have is a revenge movie and we've already seen Mm -hmm. 200 other fucking revenge movies played out in basically the same fashion where the guy gets away or it doesn't actually solve itself and it just creates more problems and then i guess my final issue with the movie is the whole fatalistic idea behind it where everything is predetermined so that just leads me down another rabbit hole of I just don't like the fact that Gaspar No basically wrote this whole movie and wrote a female character just for the fact that she has to be predisposed to sexual assault just to be a catalyst for her boyfriend and her ex-boyfriend to go on a fucking revenge spree that doesn't even actually amount to anything. It just feels very counterproductive and just very shallow in depth to me. Okay, yeah, that that last point, Dave Rob, that is a very interesting point because I've one for one didn't even think about it like that. Um, the one thing I do want to bring up with this is that, yeah, I mean, this movie is very, very well known for the rape scene that takes place in the middle of the film, um, and it's a ten-minute sequence. Like, I mean, it's ten minutes of just grueling terrible watch um it's very definitely just extremely hard to watch um and when you say that you know the characters themselves don't even see it so why are we seeing it i actually think that's a pretty valid point that i didn't think of either where it's like yeah it's definitely a lot more shock value and for just like this rape scene to be there just for this rape scene to be there um one of those things where it's like when you're gonna have a scene like that in a movie i feel like it has to have a very strong point to it or also have mm-hmm. to be something that is necessary to the film like a film that actually has a sequence like this in it that i think has a payoff value is like the girl with the dragon tattoo by yep. david fincher You see what happens to her, but then she literally, you get to see her fucking destroy this guy's life and tattoo, rape his pig on his chest and everything. You get full on revenge on him. And so it's like you get the payoff of both sides and you see that she has the, the whole point in that whole sequence was that she had the hidden camera. Yeah. So it's like you get something out of seeing that sequence. It's not just there just for the fact of, oh my God, why do I have to watch this? Like, yeah. Even even the fucking pie eating scene in Ghost Story wasn't 10 minutes long, but people shit on Ghost Story because you have to watch Rooney Mara eat pie for six minutes straight. But they don't shit on this movie where you have to watch a rape sequence <laughs> for 10 minutes. <laughs> so it's, um, it's just stuff like that. Because, yeah. And the whole, the whole fatalistic aspect just throws a whole other wrench into it. How the whole thing was predisposed how they have the dream about it. And he's like, Oh, my arm's going numb. And it basically writes the characters out. as like, yeah, they're tragic heroes, but I mean, there's no saving them because they're tragic heroes. But at the same time, it's like, okay, you wrote all these damned characters literally just to be damned with nothing else to it. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I mean, it's a very, yeah, like you said, fatalistic and nihilistic um, point of view of telling a story. Um, so from a technical standpoint, so basically one of the things I loved is just like I didn't expect this was my first Gaspar No film. Oh, for real? Um, yeah, my first my first Gaspar No movie. And the one thing I didn't expect is like these really unhinged camera movements. Um, I really appreciate that aspect. Is like you're just like constantly. It feels like you're constantly just following the camera rather than like you're just like positioned watching. Yes. Um, he is a so, great director, and that's my that's the other problem I have with him is that's like I know he can make great stuff because I like climax and into the void, but it's yeah. like it's stuff like this that I can't get on board. Yeah. Then on top of it, there's like these really elaborate cuts um that I thought were so cool. Um and the way that it captures basically just the um the city during this one night is very interesting. And I appreciate the view just of like the world building of what he's capturing just in this one night. Um, because there's like this big, you have basically the one big um, location in the movie. That's pretty much like, a center of attention throughout and that's the gay sex club called um rectum of all things the rectum Um, yeah and it's like you get introduced to it as basically it's like it starts off as this kind of you know just straight up gay sex club but as you go deeper it becomes an more depraved and um like hidden dark secrets of um the nightlife of France basically and um I really like that it it very very disturbing stuff I mean you got <laughs> you got this guy chasing one of our main characters basically well, not chasing, sorry. Um, basically, he's trying to find out... He's trying to find the the person who um, committed the crime at the, begin- at the beginning of the film. And basically, this guy just keeps on begging him to get fisted. And it's just so absurd. Yeah. Um, and it it's so wild and out there. But for, re- for that reason, I think it's very unique in that way. Um and so like right at the beginning since the beginning is the end um like you said they get the wrong person and you get this i mean i at least love this kill dude the fire extinguisher kill is so visceral and it's like something like at least with like the camera movements to it and like the um, proverbial shaking to it it's just something i haven't seen before and it was brutal as fuck just him just bashing this guy's head in with a fire extinguisher but it wasn't even the guy and you have the main culprit just watching on with a smile yeah and 
so then you know the film plays out as you know reverse chronological order it goes that way um so yeah i think like technically back to my original point is like you like the camera movements the lever cuts um and the world building um that gasperno wanted to do on just this one single night i felt were really strong um but yeah, it like you bringing up the point of that you know, the characters don't see the act, and so basically, what's the point of the act? I think that's a pretty valid point that at least I didn't think about, and obviously take it took down a little bit what I thought about the film even more. Um, but yeah, so performance wise um i, I thought love vincent castle dude vincent him. castle is so good um you just talked about vincent castle a little bit i mean he's I, i've never seen a bad performance in him everything from like oceans 12 to like partisan it doesn't matter what he's in he just he always kills it so i'm always down to watch vincent castle even in underwater with kristen stewart oh like, yeah like he's just such a good performance to have on screen I mean, honestly, everybody in this movie did well. I mean, the performances are great. And like I said before, Gaspar Noe is a talented director. And he, I think he's very talented in that respect of what he can do technically. But it's just the performers definitely are amazing. I think the actors all brought their A game. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't matter if I didn't like the movie or not. I think the performances were all A+. Yeah, I mean, you also didn't even – have you seen Lahan? Lahan? Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's a great movie. Yeah, his performance in Lang is amazing too. Um, and then finding out that Vincent Castle and um Leah Sidhu are gonna be in Brandon not Brandon, um David Cronenberg's next movie is very exciting. Um Oh Infinity yeah. Pool? Not Infinity Pool, that's Brandon Cronenberg. David Cronenberg's next movie. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Wow. I, that would be cool too. Yeah, so I'm really excited for that. But I didn't even know he was in this movie either. Like I said, there was a lot of stuff. Basically, going in, the only thing I knew was the big, you know, the big rape scene. And he's he's so unhinged in the right ways. And I think he, should, he just absolutely kills it in this movie. Um, then Monica Bellucci is the subject, you know, who... Um, the character who gets um, raped in the middle of the movie. Then you have Albert um, Dupontal. I don't know how to pronounce his name. But, ba- but he's like basically like he is a he's like the friend outside of the group. But it turns out through you find out in the film that he used to date Monica Bellucci's character. And also just like this dynamic between the three of them towards in the later half of the movie, as you're like, you know, going towards the beginning of the story. Um, it's very weird. <laughs> yeah. And cause his character's name is Pierre and it's like, dude, with the context that Pierre dated Alex, Monica Bellucci's character, um, his whole obsession with their sex life is like, really weird and really just like dude really creepy like bro just 
I that would almost be a thing if I'm like if I'm in that relationship, dude. You're not hanging around us anymore. Well, who also yeah. they also just casually have conversations together about like, oh yeah, you can sexually pleasure her, so that's why. Yeah, I'm with her. it's like what is happening right now? <laughs> Seriously, like that's like yeah, it's is Pierre's, this a casual thing? <laughs> yeah, Pierre's character is really weird um and that's like also you can tell that um he still kind of has a thing for um monica blue's character because towards the end when they're at these parties and stuff he would rather just be with her than any of these other women doing other stuff you know yeah um and then, like, you know, the one thing he was basically like, you know, I'd rather just be watching you than doing anything. It's so aesthetically, aesthetically, aesthetic, oh my God, aesthetically, <laughs> aesthetically pleasing. Oh my God. And I'm just like, damn, bro. You He's just, such a creepy dude. Yeah. Like, it, it gives off a very weird creep. vibe. It's yeah. Vibe. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, just get this man out of my life if I'm at, I'm Vincent Castle at that point. Get him out of there. But he does stop Vincent Castle from cheating on Alex, though. He does. At the party, too. So it's like, it's kind of weird, I guess, I guess if you want to talk about the complex of his, the complexity of his character, that is interesting to me, that he cares about making sure Alex is happy and is treated right, even when he's not with her. So that's well, kind of an interesting dynamic, too. Well, yeah, I think that, like, just further goes into the point, you know, he just, like, still you know cares about Alex so much that you know as long as she's happy um he's gonna be happy to some some extent so he just doesn't want to see Alex get into the point where you know he doesn't want to see someone else hurt her yeah um and that's a very interesting thing because after you know Alex is brutally assaulted um Pierre's kind of the one who's very reluctant to do anything. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of, I mean, I guess he's not really the, oh, what do you call it? I guess he's not trying to be the aggressor, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, it, again, it again, with the complexity of his character, it doesn't really, that's another thing that's odd about him. I guess it's just because he's a very, just kind of withdrawn person from everyone like he's outside mm. of the friend group he's outside of the relationship he's outside of everything so yeah i guess that's why but at the same time you would think that the person that you care about most something happens to them you would be the first to be like all right i'm yeah i'm kill this guy yeah um so that was very interesting um overall with his character you know there's just a lot of very complex things um so I all right, so let's talk so basically, you know, we've talked about this before. The beginning of the movie is the end of the story, and then you get to the rape scene in the middle, then it goes to the beginning of their story. And I'm at least I wanna say, like literally all um all of the dialogue um between the three characters, Alex, Pierre, and then Vincent Castle's character um, at these parties or on their way to the party were all very engaging. And I thought these like scenes were like, you know, pretty well directed. Um, 
all the characters are doing, you know, they're, um, sorry, all the actors and actresses are doing a great job. Um, yeah, I was just really engaged and it really, this is the part where it's like, I really appreciate the film for going back on basically in the reverse chronological chronological order to keep me engaged and actually care about these characters before you know the big act i do think that is a very interesting way to do the storytelling structure of this story Mm -hmm. because it's kind of taking the idea of like if you show revenge without knowing prior to what the revenge is do you see it as revenge that kind of thing where it's like oh you're just seeing the brutality aspect you're not seeing what's leading up to it Mm -hmm. and it's just kind of one of those things but it also makes me dislike it a little bit because by the time you get to the end you find out alex was pregnant during all that too so it's like just it just not even as bad as it already was let's make it worse on top of that so that was a point I was going to end up getting to. I kind of, you can view it that way, but at least the way that I view the way Gaspar Noe, at least is working in the chronological, the reverse chronological order, is that instead of playing the film in its events in actual chronological order, the film ends up basically getting all of the brutality and violence out of the way so that you can even though it's the big quote-unquote beginning of the story you leave your characters with a more hopeful outlook on their lives but see i didn't see it that way because of all the the fatalistic stuff because she has the dream about the tunnel and then you find out she's pregnant yeah. and then vincent castle talks about his arm going numb hinting at him breaking his arm like it's I wouldn't see it as a hopeful outlook. I'd just see it as, like I said, the fatalistic predisposed future that's already going to happen mm-hmm. to him. So it's like, even from the start, it wasn't even happy. Like it was, yeah. it was already set in stone that they're just not going to have fun. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. At least, I don't know. At least that I just view the way that you're telling that Noah's telling the story is that by the end, like I said, your point is completely valid and I agree with it. It's just, I at least the way that I'm feeling about the movie as I'm watching as I'm watching it I was like his choice to do that made the ending a more hopeful outlook even though it's the beginning of the story um because it doesn't make you feel as despaired <laughs> yeah I mean it's like even though knowing you know the events that take place after the beginning events of the story um you finding out that alex is pregnant and stuff and vincent castle's excitement is a very you know touching and just like heartwarming type of scene it's like you're really happy for him um and that's why i think the reverse chronological works so well is because it leaves you on the more um hopeful note but like i said you can completely view it the other way you can view it as well um you're ending it like this but like what does it matter now yeah it's a snake eating its own tail kind of situation so yeah i mean i guess it's nice to kind of give us a cinematic version of reminiscing on something and 
seeing it in reverse order is a very creative way to go about it. Yeah. But it it's just one of those things where it's like when you already know the fate of characters and you already know it's a tragedy and then you have more tragic stuff that gets piled mm-hmm. on just in the reminiscing aspect. It's one of those things where it's like, damn, this is just even though it's a heartwarming beginning and you're seeing yeah. these characters live a happy life, it's just getting more and more like dreary. Yeah. Yeah. Um so also one of um one of the things obviously we've talked about a little bit um that one of the themes in general is that you know dreams predate real life and you know that's pretty kind of like i can't remember is like there's a point where just like it says that in text on screen right i'm pretty sure it said something about dreams. I can't remember yeah, the exact thing. Yeah, it's dreams predate real real life. And so, you know, towards the end, you figure out that, you know, Monica Bellucci had the dream of the the tunnel. And then Vincent Castle is like, yeah, my arm's like super numb and stuff like that. Um, at least I appreciate that aspect. I know you're not as keen on it because, you know, they're kind of destined to just have this. terrible night <laughs> i mean um i like the creativity behind it that's that's yeah. the thing that's so uh, conflicting for me is that i think the creativity behind it and the way the structure plays out is also creative and i think it's so well done but i just don't like the actual substance of yeah. it yeah that's my issue is like if you took the whole skeleton of this movie and all the like of structure of storytelling that Gastineau does but fill it up with different kind of substance I would probably mm. really like it but it's the fact that it's just so hell-bent on just being completely grotesque and also being completely just depraved it's like I can't really appreciate it because you just made this very creative thing just for such dark purposes yeah um and also I want to bring up something else on a technical level that really surprised me was there was a point, you know, when you're at the beginning, the actual beginning of the film, um, you know, you're getting, like, the end credits. And, like, all the end credits, like, start to tilt and stuff. Then once you understand the camera direction a little bit into the film, you realize that's basically what's happening with the credits is like it's almost like the framing of the camera and its unhinged movements mm-hmm. even in the end credits which i found to be pretty i don't know i was like damn that's really cool and i found that to be pretty creative and you know almost brilliant in a way yeah it's very creative that's the stuff that I appreciate about him. Like yeah. stuff that he did in climax and stuff that he did in Into the Void. It's all just as creative as this. It's just not yeah. nearly as <laughs> depraved. Yeah. Um, there was one question that I wanted to specifically ask was because I can view it as I think I have a conclusion on it. Um, but there's a point where, you know, Alex is so she comes out of the party because, you know, she's not she's she just got into an argument with um, Vincent Castle's character and she's like, well, I'm just going to leave the party. And mm-hmm. she goes outside of the place and there's um, obviously 
some prostitutes on the street kind of waiting to be, you know, picked up. And, you know, Monica, Alex is waiting for a cab. And you can at least almost infer that this this girl is a prostitute. And she tells her to take the underpass because it's a little bit more safer. And I completely think she said that to her on purpose. Yes, that's the way I viewed it. Because, because she kind of views her as like this high class you know, person, I think, in a way. And she's like, well, just, she was like, she almost is kind of disgusted by her in a way and tells her, well, yeah, the actual quote-unquote safer way is by this underpass, kind of knowing what actually, I don't know, it's like literally, it, it surprises me because Knowing actually in reality how dangerous it was is pretty shitty of another woman to do to another woman. Well, the I get I can see where you're coming from with that because of the class thing and everything. Yeah. You see a lot of that in this movie. But the way I viewed it was that her friend was down there getting beat up on by the pimp, and she knew that if well or he because they were trans prostitutes. Oh, the they knew that if they sent her down there it would distract him okay. so the other prostitute would not get the shit beat out of him. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, I don't think it was a, necessarily a clap. I think it was more of like, oh, if I send this girl down there, I know it will distract him from beating the shit out of my friend. Interesting, yeah. Like, that's I the did. way I looked at it. Okay. Because, like, at least when, from my point of view, when I'm watching the film, and, like, she comes outside, you know, the prostitute obviously is wearing, you know, semi, you know, dress clothes. But then Monica Bellucci's character walks out in this, like, elegant dress and stuff like that. And I felt like almost that insinuated um, a class difference and the prostitute kind of looking at her in, like, almost a disgust and basically telling her, yeah, just go down there, it's safer, which is not. And Either way, it was definitely intentional. It was. Yes, and, I agree with you on that. And I was, I mean, I, I don't know. It's like you walk down this tunnel and she already knows she's seen visions of the tunnel. And like this tunnel is just like super sketchy. I was like, damn. Just turn around. <laughs> just turn yeah. around. <laughs> and the way it's lit and everything too just makes it look just the worst possible yeah. way. And then of course, you know, she runs into the pimp like harassing the other prostitute and then, you know, everything spirals out of control from there into this 10 minute long um, just unnerving rape scene um but yeah that was like the big question that i wanted to at least to discuss about at least in you know in the whole graham scheme of the, the story is like did that prostitute send her down there on purpose and like obviously yes i agree but it's like i found it very interesting that we both have different viewpoints on why she sent her down there um, yeah 
I guess, I mean, you could probably look at it from multiple different ways. I'm sure there are other people that probably think different versions of what we even are yeah. saying. And I also think there's probably some other things in this movie that other people were inter- will interpret in different ways. Um, especially in terms of, I mean, I, I don't know. There's literally two things that we've discussed that and then like the ending of the film that we have kind of two different standpoints on. At least on how we infer the film and what Gaspar Noe's direction was with it. Um, but yeah. yeah. Um, that's the crazy part about it is something like this is so controversial. It's some people they can't get behind either whatever the shock value yeah. part is or they can't get behind why it's even in there or some people look at it as like oh this should be in here because it needs to be seen yeah or some like you know there's just so many ways you could go about it and interpret it and i'm sure you could probably get 10 different people to all watch it and you probably hear 10 different reasons on why they either liked it or disliked it uh-huh um did you do you think a little bit less of Gaspar Noe in the film, knowing that this came after Memento, and it was kind of like you know, you know, coming off of like success of Memento? Do you think about it less at all, or do you kind of just you still view it in like at least the creative storytelling way of it's telling Nolan's Memento? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Well, because, you know, Memento came out in 2000. Um, this came out in 2002. And... Hmm. I don't know. I guess it depends on if Gaspar Noe... I mean, I guess I don't really know if Gaspar Noe would have seen Memento if he was overseas or not, or if that was something that was very widely released, because I remember Memento was being something that was very well regarded, but I don't know if it was international. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess it just depends on if he maybe saw it and that's what gave him the idea of it. Or uh, not. I don't know. I thought that was an interesting thing because obviously, you know, Memento is one of the most like innovative way to tell ways to tell a, a story. And um, obviously this kind of goes in the same route as that. Yeah. And I, th- I definitely think Nolan did it better. Yeah, no, I agree. I totally agree. Um, also, there's a lot of really creative and unique things that Nolan does in Memento with like certain details of the film and stuff like that that just like kept on having me is like, dude, how did you how do you do that? How do you have yeah. an idea for that? <laughs> um He could have definitely been inspired by him. I mean, there's no telling. Yeah. Um was there really anything else that you were kind of... Oh, it was cool. I found that Gaspar Noe literally has... Apparently has a, ca- a cameo in, as one of the patrons in the rectum. Oh, God. <laughs> um, Give himself a cameo. I don't know. I mean, I think that's pretty much like kind of boils down to, you know, the whole... Um, I would say the only thing I guess we kind of left out was... 
um the two characters that kind of get introduced like right after they see um alex brutally beat up as like these two characters basically like two hitmen almost like kind of pop up out of nowhere like all right we can help you with this honestly i love that like this these guys just like show up like hey yeah but they just wanted to get paid (laughs) no i know i know but i was just like i thought that was kind of cool is like these guys just show up and like hey you need some muscle (laughs) yeah (laughs) um they're like yeah we'll take you to the rectum (laughs) yeah um then they lose them. <laughs> yep. Then they're not. Then they're not there for Ed to rectum at all. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much like most of you know, um, the discussion based towards this film. Um, I know we're kind of on two opposite spectrums. I think I'm gonna kind of settle on a a four. Um, before our discussion, I was kind of yielding to a four and a half, but um, I appreciate some of your points. And, um, you know, I definitely I, just a little bit more um, on the side of that's not as just like in the way you view the rape scene and stuff and the way that the characters are supposed to view it and stuff like that were definitely valid criticisms that I definitely didn't think about in that way. And that's a good thing about these discussions is that, you know, you learn from other people in the way they view movies. Um, Oh yeah. It's always fun to hear your opinions on everything and talk stuff out. Yeah. Um, Was there anything else you wanted to touch on? No, I think we. I think I got all my stuff. Okay. Um, what are we watching next? Mm, I don't know. Next time we watch something, you're probably gonna be here, aren't you? Um, I so. Hmm. Because we could actually do a this episode. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, as you guys kind of. Back when we did our um, Dawn of the, the Dead. Dead, Dawn of the Dead double fe- double feature, we were I was in Georgia with um, Addison, and we had our guests um, Keith Chandler and um, Travis, Travis, Travis Patty. Yep. Um, so I will be doing the same exact trip around the same exact dates um, in February, and I think that yeah, that'll be a good idea to do our next pod there um what are we gonna watch i don't know we need to try and figure something out something fun um to counteract this bullshit (laughs) okay (laughs) um are you looking at the list at all no i did i completely forgot to pull it up pull it up real quick um i found pieces though that's a slasher film pieces okay yeah um let me see where it is um i know exactly what you're talking about it's one i've been wanting to watch where's it at where's it at where's it at crap i must have went past it Uh, pieces um so directed by juan pipia simone um (laughs) <laughs> the tagline it's exactly what you think it is a frustrated <laughs> boston detective searches for the maniac responsible for mutilating a number of university co-eds 
Yeah, yeah. sounds really interesting to me. Yeah, well, let's do it. Um, so we'll be watching that um for the next pod, which will be kind of around um the first couple weeks of February. Um, so yeah, thank you guys as always for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time. Hell yeah, peace.